Digital technologies and on-demand experiences are transforming all industries. In dentistry, we have gone digital inside the clinic. Now it's time to expand virtually beyond the clinic to impact and reach more patients than ever before. In this podcast, we discuss the mindset, tools, and strategies you can implement to grow your practice, work more flexibly, and offer your patients the best options digital dental care brings. I'm Dr. Alec Shukla, and welcome to Beyond the Clinic. Hi, so, yeah, very good, thank you. Thanks for joining today. Um, really excited to discuss with you. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your company and what you guys do. Um, thanks, Alok. I am very well, and it's nice to uh, meet with you and have a chat again. So Clinics is an electronic private prescription service, and what it allows um, clinics and prescribers to do is prescribers are able to send prescriptions instantly uh, to patients via email mail or sms in a regulatory compliant format and this means that there's no delay there's no need for posting there's no need for faxing it's all electronic and it's all compliant and it will cover your service not just in your local area but because you have the ability to send prescriptions to anyone anywhere you can reach and extend the service um, in a more um modern way rather than conventional paper prescriptions so this has been advantageous in a digital modern world where you know services are no longer local and reputations are propagated via the internet to anyone who is willing to to you know who's looking for the service that is provided so we then allow you to be able to reach them and not compromise the service that you provide because you can still write an electronic prescription instantly to your patients despite their location. This is a great, this is a great um, starting point. So you're finding that like more practices or like because obviously mainly GPs or different places that you work with, they're, ex- they're, they're expanding their catchment area, would you say? And I think one thing that you, you kind of like touched on before is like there are free NHS prescriptions, isn't it, right? But you're still seeing a huge demand for private prescriptions. So it'd be interesting to understand a little bit about what your what your insights are around that, because obviously more people want the convenience of healthcare when it suits them, because everybody's busy, isn't it, right? Yes. So there is a growing demand for private services um, for two main reasons from my observations. Um, The first one being convenience. You get a high quality service uh, from private care. So you can choose who your dentist or your prescriber will be based on if they match your own personal requirements rather than being prescribed to a system. And so there's a lot of people who um, are interested in this sort of care and also the second thing that I have noticed being the one of the drivers to private care is people don't want standard treatments anymore. They don't want just the bog standard. People want something that they want. They don't want to, whereas with standardized treatments, they will only cover for certain, up to a certain point. And a lot yeah. of people yeah. don't want to be treated only up to a certain point. 
they want to be treated to the standard that they demand themselves. And this is one of the major drivers of, um, of private care and the treatments that are available, for example, on the NHS. Um, some people want treatments that are unlicensed in a specific region. So say they've heard that this medication is really good, but it's not available in the UK or it's blacklisted on the NHS. And I'm going to go to my private prescriber. They will be able to write it for me and I'm going to receive the care that I want. And yeah, that makes sense because I think so. there's more people driven by information, more people searching for like the best treatments for their condition. They're then looking for doctors who maybe publish content about those conditions and those, and those items. And then they're trying to engage with those doctors who may not be local to them or not, basically, isn't it, right? Yes. And then, and then from that, obviously, NHS provides a very valuable health preservation service and health maintenance service. But obviously, there are budgets and there's a scope within which different conditions can be treated. So if there are drugs which are um, outside that scope or like aren't in the budget of that particular care group or whatever it is like this, then this is where they can kind of seek it. So it's it's driven by patient demand you, you would say that like in, in in this area yes and i think a lot of people are taking their own health into their own hands um it's been proven that when patients are engaged in the care of their their own health matters they get much better health outcomes yeah. and a lot of people are have there's a lot of information but not only from just google um, there's a lot of prescribers who or doctors or specialists or you know stakeholders that are providing evidence-based information in an accessible way um, which used to be only exclusive to trained healthcare professionals now you can just follow a specialist on instagram and then you go to your doctor and say oh i've heard about this this sounds like my condition and it's not just like someone has just googled their own symptoms people are following um you know these influencers these information sources about their own conditions and it just means a lot of the times i've seen i've heard people who actually know a lot about their own conditions than their prescribers and i think the most advanced and the most caring doctors now also have to listen to their patients and as a source of information they will obviously have to do some due diligence before you know making a decision but a lot of patients do have a lot of good information nowadays and this is driving you know treatment pathways that are no longer traditional because each patient is unique and their condition and their circumstances are unique and it allows and you know private care allows patients to receive tailored treatment give some examples of like um obviously like i don't know like a, just to give some kind of context like different types of conditions or different types of um different areas or anything like that that people are getting private prescriptions for so um, one of the interesting sides that i have seen is individuals can now order their own blood tests easily and if i get a blood test privately 
I will see the results. And if I do another blood test in a year, I will also see those new results. And then I have lived that year myself. I know what has changed in my life on a day-to-day -day basis from the day I had my first blood test to the day I have done the second blood test. And I can go to my prescriber and say, I've done this, I've done that, this happened, this happened, this is going on. And that means I am completely in control of my care and I know what's changed. And whereas if I just presented a blood test result to a doctor without any context to the detail of me living my life, they will just go with the textbook treatment. Your iron is low, your calcium is high, this and that. Whereas if I know what I have incorporated in my life, I can actually explain to give context of my lifestyle and hence the blood test results. That's one thing that I have seen quite common. And then you have um, where society turns to address certain conditions or pay attention to certain conditions. Um, at the moment, recently, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of drive in, you know, menopause, for example, and a lot of uh, there's a lot of stakeholders who are providing information directly to um, to patients and also uh, fertility treatments as well. That's something that is quite interesting. Is there's a lot of uh, information that comes from evidence-based stakeholders and. You know, if you're going through that process, a lot of people who are going through that process tend to be so invested in it because it's quite an, you know, important time of their lives. So they're very invested, probably much more than the general you know, practitioner, because the general practitioner is dealing with so many other things. So, you know, these patients have information and you know, the, the treatments for infertility, for example, they vary between CCGs and there is points. So access to treatment points, it might be a lot later because people, there's a time scale. So if you're a woman who wants to have a child and you're having difficulties and you have to even wait a lot longer before you can access treatment, it might not be suitable because it's not like you've got all the time in the world. So, so everyone, you know, people don't want to delay for years and years, like, and then find out that they can't go down one pathway, isn't it? Right? They want to get information sooner on that, so that makes sense. Yeah. So, those are some of the examples that I can think of of what is driving private care. Okay, and and what have you? And if you're looking at like, like say, the commonalities that then. Um, let's say that the digitally more successful prescribers or practitioners um, are, tend to kind of like do, are there some things that you've noticed that like, you know, these, these institutions are, you know, commonalities where, where they're, they're able to kind of like attract more, more patients from more distance and help them with their therapeutics? Like, have you noticed any kind of like similarities from people that you've spoken with or worked with? So one of the main things is the ability to incorporate technology in the care. And 
there are limitations of how much care you can provide on Zoom or, you know, through a video chat. You want to be able to actually measure or see what the issue is before you can then have a good picture of what the problem might be. So incorporation of medical devices and other, you know, working with other localized services is what really can push a clinic to expand its reach. So if you have a medical device that you can give to the patient, which yeah. is easy to use, that they can use and yeah. measure or uh, record part of the examination themselves, that helps. You can work with local you know, service providers, um, like pharmacies, for example, pharmacies are everywhere. And if you, you know, you can incorporate services from these points because they're easy access, you in private health pharmacies, most of them are private contractors. So they provide private services as well. So if you want to measure blood pressure for your patient in Scotland and you're in London, you can just ask them to go to the pharmacy and you can trust that the pharmacist will be able to measure blood pressure. They'll give you a recording and you can then provide a service. Um, so that's that's something that can then really so, so enhancing give your you that diagnostic, full service. Like you said, isn't it? Enhancing remote diagnostics using either low cost or locally delivered medical devices where people can measure something at home or whatever like this, or working in partnership with pharmacies for example who routinely have all the equipment to do some you know verified diagnoses and, and measurements within there for blood pressure or different elements within that to kind of go from there and then you, you that helps you um, increase your assessment there that's really interesting and are you noticing like certain areas in the country that, that tend to use it more or less or any trends or it tends to be quite spread out like um, what, what are you observing I think this is quite interesting. Um, when you look at standard private care, you'll find that it's quite concentrated in London. Yes. But when you start looking at um, care levels, as in the interests, you'll see that there's a, it's more of a kind of person rather than a geographic location. So uh, a certain type of person will be interested in you know, taking care of their own health to this extent. And that seems to be something that is not only confined to, you know, traditional private healthcare hotspots. So we're finding that a lot of people, because it, these things are no longer out of reach for, you know, everyone. So these sort of medical devices or the information and private care itself is accessible. You can actually just book a private appointment for less than a night out. So, and, and, you so, know, now, so and, and like you said, that like, before it used to be, let's say, Harley Street or like the city of London or whatever like this, where, where like the kind of like private GPs would be. And I think that with 
COVID, because of the need for like PCR tests, things like this, people are much more now used to kind of going to different places, but also with pharmacies increasing their private services, like you said, and then more and more people requesting blood tests. That's super interesting, right? So, so you're finding that like spread out across the UK, you're finding that the, you know, the, the yes, very much. And it's yes and it's um it's quite interesting because you'd think you you know the uk it has free healthcare services available but i think it's a free standard healthcare service and people want more they don't want standard anymore they want what they want and with health it doesn't matter whether it's a serious condition or it's a cosmetic condition it's someone's interest it's it's personal and it's very intimate so you there's no limits that you can define to what someone will want for themselves and i think that's what's interesting yeah and are you finding particular age groups tend to be engaging with more private care more than others or it tends to be quite spread out or I would definitely say you find a lot more people in the middle ages, you know, in 40s onwards, they tend to be a lot more engaged with their health. So 40 to um, 50 is like the kind of like yes. the, the, the most responsive and most engaged at that point in time, basically, right? Like, uh... I'd, I'd say so, yes. Around the 40 years onwards um if we're talking both males and females um they're a lot more engaged with um with their own health um what are your thoughts no, like i agree with you i, I actually am in that group in that group as well myself <laughs> so so like so i i would agree because i think at that age you had the experience of let's say different types of healthcare, you've had some some things where maybe have gone not so great for you and you thought, okay, I don't want to repeat this. Or you also understand that like you're busier, you're generally in your prime career years as well. So you tend to have less time and you want to kind of just keep, keep active and healthy. And you're starting to think about prevention as well because maybe your own parents are getting older as well. And so you start to notice those things. So I would, I would agree with you um, in, 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 that, in that kind of zone. But yeah, I just find it interesting that like based on so many factors, probably I'd say from like, you know, like late 30s onwards, there tends to be a lot more, a lot more awareness. Um, and it's also interesting, like you said, that it's not just um, that, you know, the London, for example. Are you also noticing that like more companies are offering their um, employees access to digital health solutions and things that, that that's that's helping to drive more engagement in their own health because they've now given that option because it takes one thing for someone to think okay i'm going to search for private gp and look for those things it's another thing if you've already been given access to let's say an entry-level version of that and then you can choose to kind of go from there so i'm just interested in what your thoughts are on like how more people are gaining access to this i'd say in terms of corporate care i think people or organizations that have always provided corporate care still provide corporate care but then i think there's a lot of people who are getting their own private care 
and you know private insurance yeah um for their own families and households which i think is quite of a driver for for access to private health and i think it's from from having had a look and at different insurances available it's quite affordable as well um private insurance so um a lot of families are getting private care and there's a lot of providers as well who are providing their own subscription plans where you know you pay monthly for your family and then if anything happens you've got 24/7 access to a gp or a clinician and i think it's quite interesting because there's technology has allowed so many different models of healthcare to emerge and it's limitless and you can always find something suitable for yourself um no i, I think i think yeah. like having that peace of mind i think that's critical right you, like it's one of these things that like if you if you or a family member has suddenly become ill and you want to get advice on that thing then at that point you you know you're quite desperate and you want to get the the correct advice and and i think these days with you know covid and all these sort of things that's happening is like you you understand the consequences can be quite severe so you want to be able to like get the right advice and, and if you don't need to go to hospital you don't want to go to hospital but if you want the medication you want to access the medication that you that you can do um i think that's quite important um but yeah i think people if they know they've got access to that from their private healthcare provider so for example if a dentist for example had um a, a digital plan for their patients and then any of their patients who have an issue were able to consult with the dentist digitally in a secure way and then know that they could get a private prescription you know when needed if or, or get advice i think that just increases that peace of mind that like okay i've got that in case something happened basically isn't it i think these days with the way things have kind of happened um more people are aware of the need for you know having that emergency solution but then also looking at preventive ongoing um, aspects as well yeah and <clears throat> i've actually had my own dental experience in, okay. in the last 3 years so i had a dental issue which happened around <clears throat> march 2020 so that was just at the beginning of covid oh, wow. and i was told that i was not able to be seen by my you know nhs dentist and they asked me to come back after a year or so and then i went back after a year no and they said you need to come back after 6 months and after 6 months i went back and they said oh we've taken you off the books because you haven't been to this dentist for more than 2 years and if you need to get an appointment we need to re-register you and it's going to be after 6 months and i thought well i'm just going to go to private care at this point and i just had an appointment in a couple of days of calling them and my issue was resolved so that kind of just drove me to the point where i thought oh okay i think this is not working out maybe no. i should look at my other options i think i think that's the kind of key isn't it i think i think in in dentistry is a bit different to maybe actually maybe gps like gps you tend to have maybe ones that offer some private services in nhs you tend to have 
NHS dentists will offer private services to those NHS um, patients, but then you'll also, they'll also sometimes see private patients. So it can get a bit confusing and a bit complicated basically, right? But then the, I think the practices which offer quite affordable, accessible private care, I think more and more people are understanding that the NHS is under strain. And, you know, if they want something to fit in with their timelines that they need to maybe register. So I think now is the time where lots of people are kind of considering options for their own health. So where, where would you see things? So if we talk a little bit about kind of where we see things kind of emerging, because obviously like we had like initial digital health stuff kind of like happening, then the pandemic hit and it kind of spiked, right? And then now we've kind of coming back into more of a kind of hybrid world of people are working from home and, you know, people, are, but people still value physical services, but they also want that digital option. Over the next few years, where do you, where do you see like private healthcare emerging, evolving and, um, you know, access to digital prescriptions just what are your thoughts on on what what you expect to kind of see i think the trend is more empowerment of patients so patients will get more and more empowered based on the devices that are going to be every day um and i think that is going to allow my new I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I think patients will be able to monitor their own health on a day-to-day -day basis um, to a very minute level of detail. And that will obviously result in a higher demand of health services, which is something I think, for example, in the UK during COVID, you can notice that because we tested so much more and other countries, we ended up with a lot more positive cases reported because there's a lot more testing and such as well, just translating that sort of thing, thinking in if people are looking more into their own health, then you might see, you know, cases of certain conditions um, go, yeah, more visible. Um, and it's not necessarily that there's a spike, it's just because they're detected more. Yeah, so I think that will be something that might be that might be happening in the future where people are noticing a lot more. And I, I've seen a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of new cool things that are happening in terms of um, healthcare, you know, there's, so, so you've got genetic testing, blood testing, medical devices, you know, like ears, teeth, you can monitor all these things yourself. You know, you've got wearable devices like smart watches that are consistently monitoring your, your health. And I think that level of detection is just going to increase um, the amount of, you know, inquiries for certain conditions by patients because they're monitoring their health a lot more. I think, I think this gives a very good point because like, I, I, for example, I've got this um, ring, right? Like I just got this ring like, where it actually can track like your temperature and how well you slept, all these things. And what I've been noticing is like when I've had a um, reduced amount of sleep, but it's not about how much time you're in bed, it's how much you actually slept, isn't it, right? You know, like, uh, and and yeah. it's quite interesting. It tells you like, okay, your readiness level today is not so great and different things like this. And so then I've been, it's helping me drive more positive behaviors about, you know, like, okay, what do I need to do 
to make sure that I am more healthy. And as you said, like, for example, making sure that patients have access to smart devices, like, for example, we have like the dental scope, the like dentist, where patients can get things kind of um, assessed remotely. I think this trend of like how to like have your healthcare practice and maybe have like a, a satellite of devices or things like this that like you may be using some of these. Um, and if you want to kind of get a higher level of insight into your health or different things like this, then you could look at it because, for example, in a blood test, your C-reactive protein level or like de detecting inflammation or whatever it is like this, it might be within a normal range, but it might actually be high for you. And you might be interested in how can you reduce that or different yeah. things like this, isn't it? And I think this is about um, if basic yeah. level of healthcare is don't get sick or if you're sick, how to get just below the threshold. The next level of digitally enabled healthcare is more about, okay, how can I be the best version of myself, isn't it, right? And what um, yes. devices yes. and information can I use for my self-care? But when I want proper advice, I can engage with you. And that's a much better long-term relationship, really, isn't it, right? Because then you're both yes. in the same proactive, preventive way, basically. Yeah, I think preventative healthcare is a big thing. Um, not only for patient outcomes, but I think a lot of healthcare systems are considering, um, especially insurance companies, they are considering to reward um, prevention because the thing that has happened is prevention means you're normal. It yeah. means you don't get a reward for being normal, even though you're actually being normal might be being good. And reducing costs for the insurer, isn't it, right? Like, yes. Uh... So you're, you're doing very well. So you should get a reward. And there's a lot of talk about how this can be incorporated into, um, you know, pricing models of insurance. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that we might see in the future, especially from advanced um, care providers who really care for their patients is, you know, you're, you've got no cavities, you're doing well we are going to reduce your premium rather than, you know, just blanket. Thank you for your payment this month. Um, and, and, and that's yeah, it. thanks. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So I think that's quite interesting. And I think that would be really good for, for patients because you're getting better outcomes and it's a win-win for everyone, really. Yeah, your incentives are aligned. Listen, Tuck, really yeah. great to talk to you, really exciting about where, where the future is. And yeah, if um, dental practices wanted to offer private prescriptions, where can they where can they register? What, what's the website they should go to? So if dental practices want to um, um, register with clinics, it's clynxx.com. And um, you just uh, fill out the contact us form and then we'll be able to... Uh, onboard you in a, in the same working day fantastic well listen pleasure talking to you and all the best thank you very much thanks alok thanks for your time